Welcome to Weddings Unveiled, the podcast designed to help you build a productive, profitable wedding or event business. Here's your host, Angela Profit. Hi, y'all. It's Angela Profit, your event and productivity therapist, coming to you from the heart of Music City in Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Weddings Unveiled, professional tips and secrets on wedding planning and event design, where we take you behind the scenes of our past experiences in the event industry, what we have learned from them, and how they have made us stronger. This podcast will help you grow a productive and profitable business to launch you into success within the hospitality industry. Today, I'm joined by the best communications and event consultant in the business, Allison Burry. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for having me, Angela. I'm so excited to share some of our past experiences together. We've definitely been through some unique situations over the years. What are we discussing today? Today, we are talking about a couple of different things that happened at one of our events. And the tips are, if you are a destination planner... Making your own reservations could really help the situation. That's tip one. Tip two is if you are not from that area, being aware of other special events going on in the town could be really important. And then just overall communication, when you have a few Indians trying to plan, is really, really important as to who's going to do what. Well, tell us all of those stories. What happened that made you learn those tips? <laughs> well, it started with our lovely drive to the destination wedding, um, where the mother of the bride was super nice, super type A, just wanted to mother everybody, including the planner and the vendors, and she wanted to get the cabins for everybody, which, you know, seemed fine and really sweet until after rehearsal and it's pitch black dark and we're driving to our cabin, I felt like I was on a scavenger hunt. Like the way that we went to pick up our keys and then you get a map and there was no one there. And then the map to the cabin where we were staying, like, I don't know. I live in the world now of putting it into my GPS and going. And this was not on the GPS. And so... It got so late, and then we ended up, they had like an emergency number on there, so we called that number, and the guy was so mean, he was kind of like making me feel really stupid, like, um, I mean, can't you find it? Like, there's a hill and a driveway and a sign, and I'm like, and it's pitch black dark, and I feel like my car's going to roll off a cliff, like, I cannot see anything. And I had two of my team members with me, so it just wasn't me. And I'm like, am I overreacting here, or is this just completely ridiculous? Like, the map was like, turn at the trash yard, and then turn by the rundown trailer. And then, I mean, at the dirt uh, fork, go left. Like, I was just like, is this a joke? Um, And we did end up finally finding this cabin. I don't know how, And my car almost didn't make it up the hill, the dirt, gravel, slash hill. It was pretty steep. And especially when you're in pitch black, right? So we find the steps to this little cabin, and we go inside, and we turn the lights on, and we had some friends in there waiting for us with little legs. And it looked like there were termites in there that had eaten all the wood above the couch that someone was supposed to sleep on. 
and it was absolutely disgusting. There were bugs and roaches in the tub and oh my gosh, it was just awful. And so that was not a good experience. So none of us got a good night's sleep. And then we, which we didn't know this ahead of time, but the morning of the wedding was the Derby, which is a huge event in the South with all these horses. And it happens every year though. And so this bride decided to get married on Derby weekend, which again, fine. But when you have other things like that going on in your hometown and competing with vendors and rentals and furniture and all these things that they usually use at the Derby, which is a reoccurring event and reoccurring revenue for the vendors, you know, they should care about the wedding the most because hopefully you only get married once, maybe. And um, it should be far more important than the Derby. And so the vendors had talked her mother into dropping all the rentals and the furniture and everything off a couple days early because the wedding was at the parents' home, at a private home. So there really there weren't really, really many rules because we were also out in the country in the middle of nowhere. So we didn't quite know that. So when we showed up the morning of the wedding and their garage and their patio and everything is filled with just furniture and rentals and I'm like, who's setting all this stuff up? Like, are your rental companies coming back? Again, it wasn't our regular rental company. It was people that they had hired locally, which was fine. Um, and the mother was very on top of it. So I didn't feel like I needed to go behind her. Boy, was I wrong. But she looked at me and she's like, well, you guys can do that, right? And it was me and two other girls. And there was some heavy, heavy stuff that needed to be moved, which is completely inappropriate. And so we did because we had no other choice but to set the whole thing up. And throughout the day, the mom kept coming out there saying, when are you going to hang this? And when are you going to do this? And when are you going to do that? And typically our floral design team does all of this, but she had a, a friend locally, again, destination wedding, and we didn't take any of our team members um, that was supposed to do some things that were not happening. And it was all I could do to just say, you know, we got to do A, B, C, D before we can get to X, Y, Z. Like right now, getting the tables, the chairs, the linens, like that's the most important thing. And then we'll deal with decorations later. But right now, like we have to, to handle the things that we weren't even planning on doing. Um, so th- that put us way behind from what we were doing, supposed to be doing. Then we had on the timeline that the bride and the family would arrive at the church at a certain time, and the family knew the minister at the church. They had been given a key, and so I didn't. I never asked who was in charge of opening the church door. I have never in all my years been in charge of opening a church door, ever. Well, there's first time for everything. So apparently the mom had thought that she had told me at some point at rehearsal that I needed to take the church key and I was the only one with the key and I needed to open the door at a certain time. And that never got relayed to me. It was never on the timeline. Nothing. I knew nothing of it. So we're finishing up, setting up. I'm getting ready to go to the ceremony, which is still about an hour before it was supposed to start. They weren't doing any pictures beforehand, so they needed to be there super early. So I get there. No, Allison got there first 
and people start screaming at you like because the door was locked and we were so in the dark and I'm and then she's like well Angela has the key but again no one told me I had the only key and I was responsible for opening the door so I got there like five minutes later and people were screaming at me and rude and then the mom was rude and then her sisters they're all like trying to gang up and I'm just again like calm down I'm here the door's open Let's smile. Let's be positive. It's a beautiful day. And I removed myself from the situation because the florist, her friend that was supposed to set up the church, that stuff wasn't done either. So, you know, there's just, again, all these things that were spiraling out of control in the background. Um, And all to go back to say that, you know, on a destination wedding, we did do a site visit. And so we knew what was happening. But we didn't know about the rentals. We didn't know where we were staying was disgusting and like not sleepable. And then at the end of the night, um, because again, it was at their home. So it ended when it ended. Um, her expectation, I guess more so the parents, was that we were going to break down everything because it was outside and put it all back in their garage which again, that's really not what we do to set up or break down. We helped as much as we could, um, but we could not do everything because there were only a, a handful of us trying to run everything in the background. And there were other little things that came up at that wedding with miscommunication between the mom and the dad and the DJ and You know, at the end of the day, when I look back, that was not a wedding that we should have ever, ever had taken in the first place. It was a friend of a friend, and then they were trying to do a lot of stuff themselves, which usually falls on our shoulders. And every time I try to make an exception because I feel sorry for people and I want to help everyone. And then knowing that we're trained professionals working with people who don't do this full time and who are not trained professionals, it looks bad on us. So, of course, I got some really negative feedback from the mom, which really just is disheartening because we worked so, so, so hard to make sure that this bride's dream wedding at her parents' house was beautiful. And it was, but it's like all her mom could focus on was the negative part when she couldn't even say, like, thank you for doing all these things that you weren't even hired to do and nothing would have gotten done had we had not taken care of it. So, I mean, I couldn't even respond to her super, super, super long email and then these voicemails that she would leave me other than saying, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that we didn't meet your expectations and we should not have been involved and I'm very sorry. I mean, I was literally speechless at this point. Um... So there were several things learned at that wedding. Definitely. I um, remember, luckily, I actually am from a town nearby because at the end of the night when we were loading out, like Angela said, you know, it ends when it ends, when it's at someone's house and there's no noise ordinance. And so we just kind of were hanging out waiting on everything to be over. And then once it ended, we finished loading out. But as Angela said, we had a ton of stuff that we had to clean up that we weren't aware of. 
And so it was like three o'clock in the morning by the time we were done. And I think we had a good three and a half to four hour drive to get back to Nashville from where we were. And that was at like 3 a.m. And we were so tired. Like, I don't think that we would have survived going back. And the girls were just like, I don't want to stay in that awful termite infested place again. And but very luckily, my parents live from my hometown like an hour away. So we either got to drive an hour and it was a little out of our way for returning back to Nashville. But we either drove one hour or drove four hours. So we went and stayed with my parents and that actually worked out in our favor. And we got to have breakfast in the morning and it was like being at a hotel. Um, But we definitely learned a lot as far as like booking our own reservations and also dealing with loadout and just making sure expectations are all made on the front end versus realizing that everybody had different understanding of who would do what after the fact. So we definitely learned a lot from that one and we'll never forget it. But Angela, what was your biggest takeaway from everything that happened that day? My biggest takeaway was that we are accountable for all communication, and that is for a very good reason. And so allowing clients or the mother of the client to drive the communication and get involved, which I want my clients to be involved as much as they want to, but again, I have to go back to understanding that People are hiring us for a reason, and we do our job, and we do it well. And when our process is not followed, people don't have the same experience. And so I have learned to pre-qualify better and ask more questions and make sure that if there's conflict of who's going to be in control of the communication, that it is better for us to step back and to say good luck. Great. Well, Angela, can you share with our listeners some of the different products and resources you have available to help wedding and event planners? Absolutely. You can visit the blog on the website, and there's lots of great articles and resources available there, which it's angelaprofit.com. You can sign up for tips and resources and be part of our email list. We'll send you all kinds of juicy details. We do webinars and live events, so watch social media for more about that. Awesome. Well, Angela, thank you so much for sharing your valuable advice with us today. I can't wait for next week to tell more of our incredible experiences together. And thank you, Allison, so much for joining me. And thank you so much to our listeners for joining us today on Weddings Unveiled, professional tips and secrets on wedding planning and event design. Tune in next week to learn more from our past experiences. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it with other wedding and event professionals. Be sure to subscribe today so you never, ever miss the juicy details of Weddings Unveiled. I'm so passionate about helping other event professionals, and with my background in psychology, I appreciate that our best selves develop from real-life situations. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to tune in next week for more tips on how to grow your business. And if you have a question or an unresolved issue that you want guidance on, connect with us on angelaprofit.com. For more valuable resources, again, visit the website. And until next time, remember to stay productive and profitable. You've been listening to Weddings Unveiled with Angela Profit. Join us next time for more insights to help you build a productive, profitable wedding or event business. For more great resources, head over to angelaprofit.com.